Welcome to the Political Notebook Podcast. I'm Billy Robb. I'm a high school teacher. And I'm Robert Robb, an editorial columnist for the Arizona Republic and Billy's dad. This week, it's my spring break. haven't really been following the news too closely, but I have been following, continue to follow the conversation around Arizona education. So we'll stick with that uh, this week and follow up on last week's podcast and talk about Arizona politics and education. And we're recording this on a Thursday. Uh, yesterday on Wednesday, I went to the Arizona Capitol with uh, with a group of educators as part of the hashtag Red for Ed uh, movement. We demonstrated in front of the Capitol. Uh, then we went into uh, the Senate building and got some information uh, just about the legislative process and uh, what was happening that day. A group of us then went into the House uh, Ways and Means Committee meeting, um, and several teachers spoke in opposition uh, to a bill that they were discussing that would increase the availability of uh, tax credits, tax money, uh, to go towards uh, private schools. That's SB 1467. And uh, a lot of of teachers spoke very passionately and with with a lot of emotion about the funding situation and and how they felt that uh, public dollars should be used strictly for uh, for public schools in, in that situation. The committee voted uh, no, or the teacher were in opposition. The committee voted yes, uh, so that that bill is going to go to the full the full house. That was a little bit of a disappointment for the red for Ed folks that showed up, but uh, not to be deterred. Their strategy now, red for Ed, is. Uh, has started attacking an advertising campaign uh, that's been going on. So we're going to talk about that first. There's a uh, project called the Arizona Education Project, and they're a group that is uh, started running advertisements to tout the success of Arizona schools, talking about the progress uh, that schools have made. So, Dad, talk to us. What's the what's the message of these ads, and what's the purpose? you think behind them? Um, Let me first of all um, say that with respect to the tax credits, uh, even though I'm a ardent supporter of school choice, including making public dollars available, I would prefer vouchers to tax credits for private schools, there is reason to doubt the um, efficacy of what the state's been doing. The state is underwriting, underwriting private school enrollment by about $200 million a year through a variety of tax credit programs uh, have has been doing this for pretty much a decade, and there's been no increase uh, in private school enrollment. So as a school choice policy, there is, question, there is reason to question uh, whether the state's getting a good bang for the buck. So they're providing money for people to use to go to private schools, but has not increased the amount of people going to private schools. Right. It's had no effect on, on private school enrollment. And the whole purpose of school choice is to increase choice. And there's not much evidence that these particular programs have done that. With respect to the advertising campaign, there are uh, two principal objectives, I believe. Um, One is uh, to try to counteract the uh, constant negativism about uh, Arizona public school education. Uh, Virtually 
everything you hear about it is negative. And there is actually a lot of good news. Uh, Arizona students are uh, top in the country in gains in uh, national um, federal exams in reading and writing. Um, uh, this is a group of business people who are funding and running the ads. And obviously it's not good for the state in terms of economic growth if the national perception, if everything people hear nationally is that public education in Arizona stinks, um, when in reality it doesn't. Lots of problems, uh, particularly on the funding side, uh, but there's a lot of success going on in the classroom and the corner has been turned in terms of funding. I also, go ahead. And that's what, just gonna clarify, that's what those ads are saying is some of those things that you said, that the ads, there's three or four of them that have, that have been out. I've seen them on my, on my Twitter feed and uh, I don't have a TV, but I've heard they're running on TV that the ads claim there's been 1.5 billion in additional dollars since 2015, which is when Doug Deuce took office. Uh, and they talk about how fourth and eighth grade readings uh, scores and math scores, I think, have been the highest gains uh, in the country. And they also uh, tout a like a college program that provides some tuition reimbursement if you go into go, go into, into the teaching. schools. Yeah, and I think just one another point though. I think the bad news about Arizona education, you know, when it come when it's coming from the media and stuff like that, I guess one thing. But when the when the message in the news right now is being voiced by the educators themselves and the teachers themselves, it's maybe a, maybe a different question. Well, and, and that probably gets into the second objective of the ad campaign. Um, the uh, ad campaign is funded by um, strong supporters of Governor Ducey. He's up for re-election. Education is probably his chief vulnerability. If a Democrat's going to defeat Ducey, uh, it will probably be on the education issue. Um, so I suspect that there is a um, uh, political objective here uh, to increase the governor's chances of re-election. And um, there, the, the, con the legitimate concern, I think, I, I don't think we should not be willing to talk about good news uh, in Arizona's public education system. The concern by some is that by doing that, you undermine the chances of passing a tax increase uh, to try to truly restore funding. Despite what the ads say and what the governor um, says, uh, and there has been real additional money put into education, we are still a billion to $1.2 billion behind uh, on a per pupil basis adjusted for inflation what was being spent in Arizona prior to the recession. Per year? Uh, per year. Um, so uh, while the corner has been turned on education funding, uh, things are getting better. Uh, there's still a very long way to go uh, before the schools are made whole, if you define that as what the schools were receiving uh, prior to the recession, and absent a tax increase, uh, no clear path of how to get there. Yeah, and I, I understand that 
people in the in the government business leaders have a reason to tout the success of the schools and these ads the ads do that from a teacher perspective though it's it just seems like um you're seeing the governor who they feel have hasn't put as much investment as as needed or that we want him taking credit through these ads or the groups giving him credit through these ads uh for, for the success going on in, in public schools that, uh, you know, the perception here is that th- these, these gains and this success is happening, um, despite, uh, not getting that cut, and that we need more money. Um, and, and, and it's, and it's kind of maybe discrediting the teachers, uh, kind of voices here when, when that's, you know, that message is being intensified. And, uh, the other side of it is, uh, those three things, you know, factually are accurate. I mean, you can't, that 1.5 billion is a little bit of accounting, uh, accounting maneuver to, to get that number, uh, by adding the increases per year. <clears throat> but that number is, has been fact checked. It's true. Um, the gains in fourth and eighth grade, eighth grade reading and, and math scores, those are true. So I, I feel that uh, I feel that kind of like anger at the the credit being stolen, uh, and and I, I I do see that as a kind of a manipulative message when you've got teachers that are uh, frustrated at that, but it's hard to say those are straight up lies. Well, they're they're straight up truths. They're 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 just no question about. Um, their accuracy, and in my judgment, there's no question about their revel- their relevance. Um, I have advocated now for a long time for a tax increase uh, for education. I don't believe that the governor's approach of trying to pour more money as it's available without a tax increase will get the job uh, done uh, thoroughly enough or quickly enough. So I think he um, can fairly be criticized um, from that perspective. On the other hand, uh, he was the one that forged the settlement of the lawsuit uh, that resulted in significant restoration of inflation funding for the schools. Uh, That was making no progress Appellate court judges uh, tried to arbitrate the case to come up with a solution between the legislature and uh, the schools and failed. Uh, Ducey stepped in uh, and negotiated a settlement. That settlement is producing, in a very rough way, approximately $300 million dollars a year in additional funding for the schools than they were previously getting. Now, the schools will say, legitimately, that's money we should have been receiving all along. Uh, But uh, Ducey stepped in and got something done that nobody else was being capable of doing. Yeah, that kind of gets the heart of of the different points of view, I think, is that 10 years ago, there was a major recession that caused uh, budget cuts all over the place. And the interpretation of, of what's happened from there, especially the interpretation of what, what Ducey's done, I think gets at 
gets at the heart of it. Um, because he did broker that deal. That is money that wasn't going to be there uh, before. Um, but a point that, that Reginald Bolding made, uh, Congressman Bolding in the in the committee meeting, was that you know that interpretation uh, of of hey I've I've put all this money in I'm doing a good job in education. He kind of likened it to like let's say I'm making a thousand dollars you know a month. The uh, if you cut my salary to to four hundred and then give me a raise of like 500 and then give, give yourself a pat on the back because I'm putting new money in there. You, you're still feeling like I'm making 600, now I'm making 500 less than I than I used to. And that's, I think, the voice that the teachers are saying is like, uh, again, it's not enough. And, and I agree that it's not enough. I support a tax increase. I think the governor can be barely criticized um, by those who believe that's necessary. Um, uh, but most of the cuts to education occurred before Doug Ducey became governor. Uh, when he became governor, the state faced a billion-dollar deficit. Uh, over 40% of the state's general fund goes to support K-12 through education. If you take a tax increase off the table... And Ducey not only ran against a tax increase, his Democratic opponent said he wouldn't increase taxes. That was Fred Duvall. That was Fred Duvall. So if you take a tax increase off the table, there's no way you can solve a billion-dollar deficit and exempt 40% of what you spend money on. Since that point, uh, there's been uh, each year a steady addition of real per pupil funding for education under Ducey. Is it enough? No. Uh, can it be done without a tax increase, which Ducey opposes? In my judgment, no. But he's not principally responsible for the cuts to education. Uh, he uh, had no other option when he first went into office, and since then, it's all gotten better. That's the reality, and it is playing politics to try to take what happened in the six years of the recession before Ducey took office and lay that all on his doorstep and blame him for not doing something his Democratic opponent said he also would not do. And that gets—there's a lot of discussion to my— frustration. There's been a lot of discussion about the past, about who did what, who gets credit for what, where did this come from? And, and, uh, but there seem, even in the ads themselves and even in the spokes, the messages that the spokespeople for the Arizona education project and, and Doug Ducey are saying is that we need to do more. Even these ads say, we're not totally there yet. We need to do more. So it seems like to me, the focus should be on, okay, we got here. We're here. If we both agree that there needs to be more done by the let by whatever more money in there, let's focus on what can do that, and let's have a debate on what specifically is more, how much more do we need, and how are we going to get it? And 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 that's I haven't heard a lot of the specifics of like what's needed and how is it going to get done, and what are the for for, for practical those, elements for of those it. that who would want. Um, 
a dramatic increase in state funding for education and a meaningful increase in teacher pay. I think arguing about these ads or uh, trying to lay a decade's worth of problems at Ducey's doorstep to soften him up um, for the 2018 gubernatorial election are a waste of effort. Um, the focus should be, first of all, on passing the bill that's pending before the Arizona legislature that would extend another source of funding, Proposition 301, the six, cents, six tenths of a sales tax dedicated to education that's going to expire in 2021, extending that another eight years, and then developing a positive campaign uh, to pass a tax increase by initiative in 2020. Um, it would be easier to pass um, such an initiative if Ducey is not governor or if Ducey is not in opposition to it. Uh, but um, in my judgment, betting the future of education finance on electing a Democrat governor of Arizona and a Democratic legislature of sufficient strength to pass a tax increase over the objection of one-third of uh, the Republicans that would be left. Because you, is, need, you is, need to pass any increase of taxes, you need two-thirds two two thirds. of the legislature. So Democrats would not only have to take over the legislature, they would have to basically wipe out the Republicans. Um, th those are tall tales. That's, that's not the path. The, the, the path is to secure what you've got, because there are conservative Republicans willing to be part of a two-thirds vote to extend Prop 301 in this session of the legislature um, and then go to the public with an initiative with or without Ducey's support in the face of his opposition if it exists and make the case. And I think the case is there. But you're not advancing the ball by complaining about these ads uh, or uh, trying to cast everything you've got in a Democrat defeating Ducey for governor in 2018. Yeah, how I've been perceiving all of this is just like, is this going to put more money in my paycheck? You know, And I don't see how attacking these ads is going to put money more money into my paycheck. I think you got to balance. I understand the feeling about it. I feel like... Uh, it's not uh, totally cutting to the heart of the matter that we do need more um, and that students are, you know, I, I work at a charter school. We, we are affected by the budget cut just the same. Um, students are affected by it. I heard some, you know, I heard a woman a teacher test, testifying before the Senate committee that broke down in tears because she was so passionate about like our kids need it. And, and uh, it's not fair. She was saying it's not fair that, we're giving, you know, she was talking about the, the tax credits. It's not fair that we're giving other money for private schools. If, if people, even people that are disabled, if they're not getting the help they need in public schools, we need to invest in the public schools, uh, more. But, um, so I get the, I get the frustration and the emotion behind it, but you have to be practical too, is like what practically can be a next step to make our, our system better and to put more money in all of our paychecks. There, there's a very clear path 
uh, to a productive use of that frustration and energy. Get Prop 301 extended this session. Begin working on an initiative in 2020 to increase taxes to get the resources that the schools need to get back to their pre-recession level. Um, it's, it, that's not gonna come from Ducey. It's not gonna come from beating up Ducey. It's not gonna come from beating up these ads. I, there, there's a very clear path, and it's a little bit frustrating to me that you've got all this energy that could be productively channeled that currently is getting diverted to things that don't really move the ball forward in terms of accomplishing the goal. Yeah. Well, it is, it, it's incredible to me that this movement itself is only about 11 or 12 days old. So it's, it's very young. The, the energy is very raw. The organization is still going on. I know um, March 20, we haven't even had the full, you know, the full on planned rally yet, which is March 28th. And I've, uh, I know that there is an announcement coming from, from the group about something more specific and practical that will be asked for or demanded by, uh, by March 28th. If, if March 28th, the message is, Ducey, where's the plan? It's accomplished nothing. If uh, the chant is, pass the Prop 301 extension, it actually could make the difference between that happening or not happening. And then gear up for an initiative, for a tax increase, to restore K through 12 funding to its pre-recession levels. Well, we'll leave it there. We'll see what the message is in a couple weeks. We'll finish off with one thing. It's March Madness season. Yesterday was the first playing game. Unfortunately, Sun Devils came up a little short. Do you have any predictions for uh, Final Four or the champion this year? Now, my son, you know very, very well, I do not follow college basketball <laughs> a bit. Uh, but I guess being a state of Arizona loyalist, um, the only answer has to be the University of Arizona. <laughs> well, I'm a teacher, so I can't afford cable right now, and I don't have time <laughs> to watch basketball games. I'm grading papers and planning all night, but... Uh, I am going to be watching some of the games, and I've got two predictions. I predict that U of A will make the Final Four. Sean Miller will make the Final Four for the first time. And I predict Virginia is the champion, not just because they're the number one seed, because I have them uh, in a randomized pool that I got <laughs> with my buddies. So hoping to make a little bit more more money over the, <laughs> over the spring break. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. This is the Political Notebook Podcast. You can subscribe to us in any podcasting app. Um, and feel free to reach out uh, by email, uh, robpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and we're also both on, on Twitter.